In today's podcast, I'm going to go over the most common W-2 questions that people have about church uh, W-2s, and specifically for pastors, I'm going to go cover how you need to actually fill out your pastor's W-2. We're going to talk about a couple of changes that the IRS is making, and um, we're going to go from there. So, but before I do that, I did want to share. Um, it was really cool because, you know, sometimes you just have your moments. And by mean moments, I mean, you know, is it really worth all this? Am I making a difference? Do I need to change up what I'm doing? If you're anything like me, you just, you have your moments. So I was having one of those moments today and the coolest thing ever happened because God is just cool like this, okay? So I'm wondering, should I do this in my business? Should I do that in my business? Because there's like so many options and there's so many, just so many hours in a day. And then I click uncheck my email and I have this email from a beautiful new lady. Um, her name is Carrie. And Carrie writes, Hello, Michelle. I just started listening to your podcast and wanted to thank you for sharing. I found it so inspirational when I found out that you started your bookkeeping in your 40s. I'm 52 and thinking of starting a bookkeeping business but was having so much self-doubt. Too old, not enough knowledge, too late to start, on and on. Hearing you share has given me more motivation to keep going. Thank you again and many blessings to you. Well, girlfriend, you have no idea how much motivation that gave me. And I want you to know that it's what you do in spite of your fear that defines who you are. We all have fears. We all have insecurities. Um, when I first decided to start my business back in 2017, I was... I was, I was stressing out too, thinking at that time I was in my late 40s. Am I too old for this? Am I going to be able to do this? Why didn't I start this other? Yada, 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 yada. Well, I also learned that the time is going to pass anyways. So why not make it fun? Why not do something that you want to do? So thank you, Miss Carrie. You have made my day. So we are going to jump into this podcast and do what we're here for, which is to learn about church finances. Let's go. Hello, dear friend, and welcome to the Bookkeeping with a Purpose podcast. My name is Michelle Brown, and I'm an enrolled agent and church finance consultant, and I love all things Jesus, church finances, business, and books. In this podcast, we will discuss the ins and outs of church finances and clergy taxes, along with how to serve the local church as a staff member, volunteer, or through your bookkeeping business, all while keeping Jesus at the center of everything you do. So grab your notebook and pen to take some notes because we're going to do some learning. If this sounds like fun to you, then let's go. Let's get ready to learn. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Bookkeeping with a Purpose podcast. So as I mentioned in the intro, we are going to talk about the most common questions for W-2s and specifically for W-2s that you're going to fill out for your church employees and even more specifically for your qualified ministers. So the first thing that I want, I'm going to go over is a couple of questions about what to put on the W-2, okay? So one of the questions that I've been asked lately is, are employer retirement contributions reported on the W-2? So only the elective deferrals on your uh, retirement are reported with code D in box 12 of your W-2. 
Okay, the employer matching on your contributions are not reported on your W-2. The employer um, should not be treating as elective deferrals any amount that you did not ask to be deferred from your paycheck. So basically, if you contributed um, $6,000 this year to your 403B, that's going to be reported in box 12 with code D beside it, but if your church did a company match to it, that is not going to be reported on your W-2, okay? Second question was, are 403B contributions subject to FICA tax? And that question, the answer to that is that employee, employee 403Bs uh, pre-tax deferrals reduce your federal, state, and local income taxes. Okay, which means like if you generally gross, if you're grossing $1,000, but you're contributing $200 to your IRA that week, then only 800 of it is subject to your federal, state, and local taxes. But the full amount is subject to your Social Security or your FICA taxes. All right. So, and if you have a Roth 403B, those are after-tax contributions, and they're just subject to everything. So that one doesn't matter. Okay. So to go over a couple of the box 12 codes that you may have, these are pretty common in a lot of churches. So if you have, if your church offers group term life insurance over $50,000, okay, um, you're going to include the amount for the cost of that insurance in box 12 with code C beside it, all right? Um, if you have any 403B salary reductions, that also goes in box 12 with code E as in eternal. If you have a, um, a section 125 cafeteria plan, um, that's going to be like health insurance and things like that that your church is providing. Um, you're going to go again in box 12, and that's going to be code W. All right. So um, let's see here. Um, if you have designated Roth contributions under a 403B, those contributions are not deductible. However, you still can claim a saver's credit on your 1040. So if there's... Um, a code BB, double B, those are designated Roth contributions, all right? So even though you do, it's not pre-tax, you can still use it for the saver's credit um, on your personal 1040. If um, code double D, and I know that kind of sounds a little weird, but that's the best way to see it. Couple D includes the cost of employer-sponsored health coverage, all right? So that's if the employer is paying for health and coverage for you, that goes in double D, all right? And then um, if there you have benefits under a qualified small employer health insurance reimbursement arrangement, which is a big old mouthful, which is basically called a Q-Shara, then those would get a double F in box 12, okay? So now let's go to the minister's W-2, okay? So if your pastor, if your qualified minister has salary or wages, obviously that is going to go in box one, 
but only the part that is calculated for salary and wages. If he has any housing, please put that in box 14. Box 14 on a W-2 is it's for informational purposes only, but for your tax preparer, it is a beautiful thing to see, okay? That just helps us know for sure. that, And you need to make sure that box one wages do not include the amount that your pastor received for housing allowance, okay? Box number two is for federal income tax withheld. There's going to be an amount here if your minister decided to do voluntary federal withholding. That's where he can, you know, have whatever amount he wants taken out of his check each time that each pay period to help pay for his self-employment taxes. Okay, so that goes in box two. Box three, four, five, and six should have nothing in it. If you have a qualified minister who meets the IRS uh, requirements for a qualified minister, there should be no data listed in boxes three, four, five, and six. They should be blank, okay? All right, so then if your uh, minister has a retirement plan, again, if he contributes to a 403B, you're gonna check box uh, retirement plan in box 13, and then in box 12, you've got the multiples there. And you can be like, um, you know, if you've got the pre-tax, if you've got, um, if they're contributing to a Roth, you can put the BB. Uh, you can use code W if there's employer HSA contributions, which is health savings um, arrangements. You would put those there, okay? So, but the main thing is, if you are a minister, when you receive your W-2, there should not, 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 did you get that? Not B amounts in boxes three, four, five, and six. Only in salary, if you got it in box one, any voluntary withholding you did in box two, your housing allowance in box 14, and then any of your benefits that you have done or pre-tax that you've done in your box 12s, and then any state or local withholding, which would be on your salary amount only, okay? All right, so another thing I wanna make you aware of is that uh, mileage has changed the 2024 rate for mileage. The business rate this year is 67 cents a mile, okay? So if you're, and I had this conversation with someone this week about um, a an auto allowance. Please, listen, please do not give your ministers an auto allowance because that makes it taxable income to them. You need to do a mileage reimbursement as part of an accountable reimbursement plan, okay? So what this basically means is that your minister is gonna track their mileage. They're gonna fill out a mileage log that's gonna include the date, um, the business purpose, where they're going, the number of miles driven, and then they're gonna turn this into you at least every 30 or 60 days at the most. And then you're going to do whatever mileage reimbursement you want to do. Now you do not have to do um, 67 cents a mile. You do not have to go by the IRS guidelines for reimbursement. Just know that if you go above that, that is taxable income. Go figure, gotta love the IRS, okay? So if your church only wants to reimburse for 50 cents a mile, you are absolutely okay to do that. You are just allowed to go up to 67 cents a mile and it be tax-free reimbursement to your ministers. Anything above the current IRS rate is taxable income, okay? And that's it. 
I'm going to try and keep these short and sweet. So if you've got any questions on W-2s, absolutely reach out. It is that time. Remember that W-2s and your 1099s need to be e-filed and mailed out by the 31st of this month, which is you've got two weeks and one day. So you have 15 days to get this done. Okay. Um, remember that any um, non-employee compensation that you've paid to individuals needs over $600 or more needs to be reported on form 1099-NEC, which stands for non-employee compensation. Landlords, you need to issue them a 1099 miscellaneous. Yes, rental income is box one on the 1099 miscellaneous. So you do need to be issuing those. Okay. All right. So until next time, I think we're done. I'm going to stay in my house where it's nice and warm. It is cold outside today. I didn't even open my bookstore because there's so much snow and ice out there. It was a little slick, so I have stayed inside and worked all day. So until next time, my friend, remember to always strive to make an impact and not just an income. And always look your best, do your best, and be your best. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Hey there, I hope you enjoyed this episode. If this podcast inspired you or helped you in any way, please do me a couple of favors. Number one, leave me an awesome review on Apple Podcasts as that helps me more than you know. And number two, share this with a friend so they can be encouraged as well. And until next week, remember to serve him with excellence and represent him in all you do. Bye-bye.